What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Well, that guy talking there, that's Jeff Ryan. I am. And I am Scott Smith. You are. And we are the Salty Dogs. And we, we are brought to you by Beef O'Brady's. Yes, you may talk now, Scott. Well, well are you going to do a read? I will. I, I will do this first, and then I'll tell you what's going to happen. Uh, we say, yay, Beefo Brady's, for sponsoring the Salty Dogs. Wings and beer, beers and wings. Nobody likes them, nor rather nobody combines them like Beefo Brady's. Start with our award-winning traditional or boneless wings in a variety of sauces and dry rubs. Next, pick your brew. Beefs has all your faves on tap. Beefo Brady's, where game time meets beer and wing time. All the time. And Scott Smith and I were talking, uh, and he was telling me all about his adventures to Beef O'Brady's. And I stopped him and said, okay, you only get to tell us one thing that Scott Smith of the Salty Dogs likes about Beef O'Brady's. And last week, yeah, because I was starting to go on about how I like that sandwich, the Waterson. You, You made me stop. Yep. Uh, if you're not you're in the mood for wings, you're talking about the sauces and how you can mix them. Yeah, you can. Uh, I don't know if people know you can mix sauces on the wings. Okay. I, I know this because, as I said last week, in our travels with youth baseball and usually with the same families, we went to beefs a lot, like in the middle of the day in a tournament or or something like that. Uh, so <clears throat> I've sampled much of the menu. Okay. And uh, I, I remember a story once where one of our fellow families, um, you know, their son was the same age on the same team. They had two kids. A younger one also playing baseball, so there's four of them, and you know everybody would order whatever they wanted, but the dad would order. He would place his order based on which thing sounded like it had the most food on the plate, <laughs> and then he would eat all of his. And this is not a this is a slim guy, yeah. he, tall but slim. He would eat all of his, and then he would finish everything that his kids and his wife didn't eat on their plate. Okay, so he knew he he was, <laughs> he was gaming the system. It's just it was a well organized family and, when it came and to he, meals, and he ate a lot because I'm sure Beef O'Brady's gives you huge portions, especially depending on some of the things that you would order. So okay. I can't go any further because I have to make this last the whole yeah, season. It, but that was your lots mind. of things available. At I Beef like O'Brady's. it. All right, so okay, so we are we are doing this on a Wednesday. Um, tomorrow the team returns to practice. That's when this will be up. Um, there will be some more news. The rest of the practice squad will be filled out, but we've had the round of cuts to get to 53. Yeah. And we had, um, 10 practice squad guys signed today of the 16. Only one of those is not a guy that we just cut. Uh, so like Ryan Griffin is back. Um, 
Cyril Grayson is back. Cody McElroy's back. Tanner Hudson is not back. We instead brought in the one new guy we brought in so far, and there could be a few more tomorrow, is a tight end who used to play for the Chiefs and actually played against us in the Super Bowl last year, Dion Yelder. So, um, you know, that tight end thing was one of the interesting parts of the cuts. Yeah. Because we cut down to three, and last year we carried four. And I think, I think that the coaches go into the start of training camp – with a list of the positions and their target numbers, and this is what we'd like to have. We'd like to have three quarterbacks. We'd like to have four running backs, et cetera. And I think they would like to have four tight ends, but you don't force a fourth tight end if he's not bringing the value that you want. Yeah, you, you, you roll with three, right. and you use an extra spot for maybe another offensive lineman, like Nick Leverett, possibly. Yeah. If, 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 there's a, if there's one out there that they really, really want, then you add it, which makes sense. It has yeah. to fit all your criteria, because why cut yourself short on another position? And, and look at it this way. Last year, we started with four guys. One of them was Anthony O'Claire, who's no longer mm-hmm. with us. And f- until O.J. Howard got hurt in the fourth game, Cam Braid, who's very good, and has been very productive for us for years, was hardly even getting on the field. Now, he did a lot more after that, and it was really good in the playoffs, as a, as a matter of fact. But um, So if your third tight end is not playing much, what's your fourth tight end going to do? He's not going to do anything unless he can play on special teams. And if and if you play on special teams, you have to block. So Yeah, and you, and you also have to be able to block to play on offense if you're a tight end. So it just seems that neither Tanner Hudson nor Cody McElroy showed quite enough either blocking or on special teams to win a spot. But Cody's still around, and he had a pretty promising preseason. Yeah, and the way the, and the, way the um, practice squad works, it's, you know, get on the practice squad. you got a shot at getting up sometime. Nine, nine or ten, I can't remember what number it is, nine or ten of the guys who were on their week one practice squad last year eventually played in some games. Yeah. Not a ton. No. And that's especially true with that elevation thing. So, like, Herb Miller, as an example, never got off the practice squad all of last year, and he's back on it now, by the way. But he was practice squad elevated on game days like four or five times and actually had an interception in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And that gave them a chance to see, hey, we kind of like this guy. He was an undrafted free agent, not really a proven guy. But they saw enough of him to want to bring him back to camp this year. And he didn't make the roster. I think he just missed it. D. Delaney beat him out. But um, he's back on the practice squad, and I, he'll, he'll play at some point this season. I'm, I'm willing to bet. Well, it also shows your character if you're on the practice squad and how you respond to being on the practice squad and if you're doing your homework and if you're prepared and are you doing all the little things that you need to do to when you have your opportunity can you do it so i think that's that's a great thing to have because at least as um you know as a coaching staff you know what you have because you know everybody wants to be the starter Right. Yeah. Then, then if you can't be the starter, at least you want to be activated game day. You don't want to practice all week and then not, yeah. you know, that's not to get the reward. Yeah. The week. Yeah. Because that's supposedly where all the fun is. So you want to do that. But if you can keep a good attitude and and show great fortitude, uh, that's why you see guys keep going. I found I found it interesting that a Super Bowl team out of and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but we I like doing that. But that's I one know, of my favorite thing. But out of all the draft picks, we only didn't sign. We one didn't make it. Yeah, Chris Wilcox, and he got claimed by the Colts. Yeah. Um, um, we'll talk to um, – Yeah, we'll talk to uh, Rob, Rob McCartney about that. In director the of Pro Scouting. But, um, yeah, out of the seven guys you you drafted, six of them make it. That's pretty good for a Super Bowl roster that brought everybody sure. back. Mr. It, Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Major. Irrelevant, Grant Stewart made it. And I guess he made it over Joe Jones, the um, no, veteran. Nor- the Northwestern guy. Right? I wasn't going to say it, but I it is true. I didn't have to. I brought it up. So – this list, I've got the list of cuts right in front of me. Okay. We've already published it. Um, it wasn't all cuts. Justin Watson was put on the reserve PUP list, so he's out for at least six more weeks. But I think it's even going to be longer than that. 
Um, I don't see anything here that I find shocking. There's noteworthy cuts. I, I, I didn't. I haven't seen it. So okay, I would say there's noteworthy cuts. It. Like Ryan Griffin is noteworthy because he's been here for six years, okay. which actually ties Trent Dilfer for the most consecutive years on the Bucks roster by a quarterback. Can you believe that? No. But in all that time, he's thrown four regular season passes. So what you have is a guy who, on the plus side, really knows his way around here and, and has been two years in this offense. Um, on the negative side, he has hardly any regular season tape. Yeah. So the Bucks draft, he's been basically our third and at times our second quarterback for six years now. But the Buccaneers draft Kyle Trask. It's been pretty obvious for a while that Blaine Gabbert was going to be the main Back up Backup. to Tom Brady again. So it was just the numbers. There was no room for, for Ryan. I would love to see him with the first string because every time he seems to be in, it just it's a struggle. Yeah, I mean, he's had and, some. And, and, you know, I guess everybody, you know, the first string and the second string and, you know, it changes. But he's, I, he's had some good preseasons, though, and they weren't with the starters. So. Yeah. Um, so he's back. At, on the practice squad. So now you have you still keep four around, which is more important in this sure. COVID atmosphere, yeah. right? Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the other part is that y- you don't you don't know who's going to be up or down because if you got it depending on when you have to test. And the Bucks, another notable cut, I would say notable, not surprising. I don't think any of these are surprising, but Jaden Mickens because that tells you as it looked like in, in the end of the preseason that the rookie fourth-rounder Jalen Darden has won the kick and punt yeah, return jobs. I, he did look good. He, he looks great. I think we need to block for him better. Yeah. But oh, even, Coach even said that. Yeah, even – I mean, he haven't, hasn't been really given one of those lanes where he can just hit it real quick and be gone. Like his good return in, in Houston, there really wasn't anywhere to go, so he just outran everybody to the yeah, edge yeah. and got like 17 yards. So oh, Pretty impressive. Even with that speed and that lateral quickness, even without a big hole, he can sometimes get you a nice return. Mm-hmm. But I still think we haven't seen yet what he can do with a really well-blocked rep. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, and we wouldn't say something like that if Coach Arians hadn't also no, said it. No, right. Because right. I'm no special teams coach, and I don't watch a punt return rep and go, well, I can tell that yeah. the guy in the seventh slot there didn't didn't do his job. And I don't know that, right? You just, but the coach says, hey, we didn't block for him very well. Well, yeah. I, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, if he's saying it, I, I, I'll echo it. Um, notable cut to some extent, a guest we had on a couple weeks ago, Javon Hagen. Uh-huh. He he. I thought he was probably going to be the fourth corner, but Chris yeah. Cooper got it. Yeah. Chris Cooper got it. I think because of special teams. That's a guy we could have. We could. That's a guy that's kind of an interesting story because, I mean, he came from Stony Brook. That's not a a college that produces a lot of. Um, and I think I think I mentioned this. We did because we had. We had cut a safety named Augie Contressa, who was from Stony Brook. He was a rookie undrafted guy. And, and we now know where Stony Brook is. Yeah, and then a couple of week, a couple of days later, we, we signed, or I don't remember the order of it, but we signed a, a safety from Stony Brook, which is hard to believe. But then that guy plays great on special teams and ends up making it. Remember the play in the Houston game where we had the punt that was bouncing towards the end zone and, and somebody ran down there and jumped, caught yeah. the ball in the air and threw it back, so we got to down it like at the one? That uh-huh. was him. That was uh-huh. him. And, and, and which was, you, you talk about, trying to make an impression on, you know, yeah. and in the third preseason game, yeah. that was huge. Yeah, because it really doesn't matter the level of competition yeah. no. on that play because he's not competing against another third string he, guy. He's competing against, like... He's showing a hustle, yeah. and he's showing he understands the rules. Smart play. And understands what he needs to do to make it happen, and he I, did I, all three. Maybe he will be the new Ryan Smith because one of the very few things that the Super Bowl team lost was their special team's ace, Ryan Smith, uh-huh. who went to the Chargers. Um, Ryan Smith... 
really didn't play on defense the last couple of years, but was very valuable for his special team stuff. And he would make plays like that. He was the king of downing punts inside the five yard line. <laughs> Maybe Chris Cooper can get that role. You know, you can only hope. You I'm sure he's hope. excited. Uh, you know, Herb Miller. I thought he might make it, but we only kept five corners. So, um, and and he got uh, Ross Cockrell, who can play corner or safety. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Wilcox, like we said, the only the only draft pick, and he was like the tenth to last pick in the draft. So it's not an indictment of anybody that that guy. And we wanted to bring him back on the practice squad, I believe, but he got who's that? Uh, Chris Wilcox, but oh, he got yeah. claimed by the Colts. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. You see the list. Something of, just popped up on my phone. It did, and, and it, I love it because it's the any, ten. What? Oh. Anytime I see an email that says, "Hey, this meeting is canceled," I'm happy. Oh, <laughs> I see a, a, a text, I, an email it, telling me a meeting I got is canceled. Two. I got two. I got one. <laughs> the meeting is canceled. Yeah. Yes. And two, uh, Buccaneers signed ten players to the practice. Oh, board. okay. That's that was my other thing that just came up. Wow, a couple me a couple. Couple meetings in a row have been canceled. I like it. See that? Um, I don't know if there's much else. Antonio Hamilton, when we signed him um, in the spring, I thought he had a good shot because of his special teams ability. But coach would say several times during camp that he was doing well in the slot, but he was not really doing well as an outside corner. And if you're going to be that last corner, they want you to be able to do everything. You got to be versatile yep. enough to play. He said, "Coach says we got a lot of guys right now that can play in the slot." We need more depth of guys that can play on the outside. Yeah, you can't be a one-trick pony. So um, that's probably one of the reasons why D. Delaney made it over him. Mm-hmm. Really not a whole lot more that I think is noteworthy um, or unexpected in any way. Uh, so, you know, which brings me to a point that I would like our listeners to hear, and wherever they are, they can weigh in on it on their own side. Um, I don't think we had any surprising cuts, but there are always some noteworthy and surprising, newsworthy cuts from around the league. And yesterday, one of them that came up early, I'm sitting at my desk and I see uh, that the Patriots cut Cam Newton. Right. So I'm like, I wonder if Jeff knows this because he's in the next office. Over. I go over to your office and walk in and say, hey, did you see the Patriots cut Cam Newton? And you hadn't seen that yet. And he goes, no, but I'm not surprised. And I'm not. Give me a break. I'm not surprised. He had five touchdowns and 11 interceptions. No, last it's week. easy to okay. rationalize it. It's easy I, to work through the logic. I, I thought, this is, this is my thinking, I thought whatever the issue was, not knowing the dates of when you're supposed to do something, and he wasn't eligible to play, I thought because of how the New England Patriots organization is, it's about knowing what you're supposed to do and execute what you're supposed to do. When I saw that, Fupa. Then I thought, hmm, this isn't good. And then um, you figure, well, if you're going to do it when it's preseason, are you paying attention to regular season? So, so I think that I think that they're they're going to be happy with Jones. I think they're going to be happy with with what they need to do. Um, played well on Monday. I mean, it, it's preseason. Preseason means means a little, but not a lot. So I think all chips are in, I, I, but I'm not, I, 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 I thought Cam Newton four or five years ago was really, you know, he was an MVP. He was a great play. I just don't think his body's there anymore. I don't think his arms there. I really don't. Now he, he can still run. He, he proved that last year. However, I just, I don't think it's the same Cam Newton. I just don't. So I, so to me, it was kind of like, yeah, you know. And where's he going to go? I mean, he didn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like people were clamoring for him last year. 
Are you done? No. One more. And I don't think people are going to be clamoring for him right now. Because I don't think he's ready to be a backup. Now are you done? Yes. You That was very thorough, and you made a lot of very good points. But you know what you just did? What? You just explained the logics of why the move makes sense. And all of that makes total sense to me. I think I agree with almost all of it. Um, but that is different than whether or not the thing popping up on your screen saying Cam Newton has been cut But it didn't surprise me because I thought that <coughs> in the beginning. I don't believe you. Oh. It doesn't matter whether you believe me or not, because what did I say immediately? And, and if you would have been in this room, uh, we had two offices, and then there was a big, huge room in with the other people there, and you thought I was, like, out of my mind. And they all agreed they, with me. And they were all like, oh, well, he better go pick lottery numbers yes. now. You know? But they all yeah, agreed all, with me, they're, Jeff. They're all, they're all kids. Cam Newton. Know? I'm sorry. Cam Newton was, for everything we've read. Now, was. Now, now, I'm not even done. Now, First of all, this is your reaction to it. Our reactions on it to it is based on what we hear through the media and, and social media and so on, because we're not privy to Bill Belichick's thoughts. So it's quite possible that this was not even remotely surprising within the Patriots organization. But there were never any reports. What we were hearing all along mm-hmm. leading up to the season was that Cam Newton and Mac Jones are locked in a battle for the starting job. Um, Cam Newton probably ahead. They don't need to rush the rookie in. Um, so what would I, not have been surprising right. was the Patriots coming out and saying, Mac Jones has won the starting job. He's a, That wouldn't have been surprising. Mm-hmm. But when you're hearing that Cam Newton might be the starter, and then the next thing you know, sure. they cut him? Right. That's inherently surprising. But I was. But the thing was, is because of, I just looked at it. This was my personal opinion only. This was me seeing the situation where he wasn't available to play. The reason why it happened, it was a misunderstanding, whatever. I just thought to myself, that, that's not good. That's, so that's, when that's, that whole thing happened, when he I really thought he was done from that point on, yes. And, I, and next time I have one of those random yes. thoughts, I'm telling you. You need to put it on I, the record. No, I'm going to just tell so you. Believable. So then when you go, damn, that's a good you know, thought process. They're all good points. I know, but, I, but that's how I felt. It wasn't like, it, why would I say to you, what am I ga- I'm catching all this grief from everybody in this building because I say, I'm not surprised. What, what am I gaining by Be- being surprised but going, Oh, I'm not surprised. What I, am I gaining? I, Nothing. You, you, you're looking like you figured out the situation. Exactly. I was spot on, and maybe I will go pick some lottery numbers, <laughs> and you'll have a new host next week if I win. <laughs> How's that? Okay. Okay. Um, so, what else? What hey, else? did you know this? What? Okay, you see, I'm holding up my yeah, pair I of see. reading glasses. I know. What are these called? The the part where you put it behind am, your ears. I'm pointing to the the parts that go that come I from know. the lenses. Well, we know the parts of the frame lens, that go over. A frame. There's a bridge. They're part of the frame. Yeah, they're part of the frame. What is this called? Uh, ear holder on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, what and that certainly <laughs> people would know what you're talking about. Okay. I was walking over to somebody else's desk <clears throat> yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Scott it. does a lot of roaming in this building when he can. You have to keep <laughs> moving, man. You can't just sit at the desk all day. So there's these, at least in these reading cheap reading glasses, uh-huh. there's these um, screws, these little tiny screws. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, it's kind of a, 
it's kind of a satisfying experience to take that tiny little screwdriver and, and tighten yeah. these little screws. The hard part is if you're tightening the screws with, on your glasses, how do you see? They give I, you a little magnifying glass. No, I, I, I pick up a second pair of reading uh, glasses that <laughs> to, I have. To fix your current <laughs> reading glasses. Okay. So I was going to explain this, and I don't remember why, but I was going to explain to somebody in a text about that. Mm-hmm. And I realized, I was like, you know, the screw that holds the... And I couldn't think of what these were called, the uh, ear holder honors. Sure. And so I, I thought, oh, my God, am I just getting old and I've, I'm forgetting words now? I just can't remember a common thing like this. But I walked around the office, and nobody knows what these are called. And what are they called? They're called temples. The temples. Well, there's a good thing you didn't text that because they wouldn't. They thought maybe you put a screw in your temples <laughs> in your head. Yeah, so. yeah, I definitely should have used <laughs> yeah. ear holder honors. Yeah, ear holder honors is so much better. I've lived my whole life. I haven't worn glasses until recent years, but I've lived my whole life. Not knowing that that was not a knowing, or even probably even thinking about it, because then I would have looked it up, right? It only took. Well, I guess it makes sense that they slide to your temples. I guess against it your only temples. took Michael Pahanic about two seconds to look up the answer. We found it immediately. Oh, he didn't know off the top. of Nobody his head? knew. Uh, Nobody knew. He didn't give you uh, ear holder honors. No, he didn't try that. I, you know, not no. everybody has the same way with words that you do. Okay. Um, anyway, I don't know. I was looking at a li- couple lists of the most surprising cuts from yesterday. And all of them had Cam Newton on it, but whatever. Well, guess they should hang out and listen to the Salty Dogs more <laughs> it often. Was like, it was like Cam Newton, Desmond Trufant, the You know Bears. why they say that? Because they didn't have the story. They didn't have the scoop. They didn't know what was going on. No, so they they're going, oh, uh, this is a surprise because I didn't know about no, it. No, they didn't put two and two together like you did. Well, then perhaps they should beforehand. listen to the dogs more often. You know, we only have three new veterans on the roster this year. Usually there's more turnover than that. Three. Well, yeah, but I think, don't we only have like 10 new players? Yes, and the seven rookies right now. Uh-huh. Jose Borregales is one of those. What are the odds of that? Of what? Of a Super Bowl team only having 10 new players. It's because of what Jason Light did in the in the offseason, being able to bring the whole gang back. That's that cr- never happens, dude. I know. It never I, happens. And, of course, you're going to have some rookies. You're going to draft sure, guys. Sure. You're probably going to expect five or six of them to make it, so you're going to have some new guys, but... Three new veterans? I mean, we'd sign that many, like in the first couple of days of, of free agency in 2020 with Tom Brady and Joe uh-huh. Haig and I don't know, somebody else. Three new ones. It was Giovanni Bernard, who when we signed him, it was pretty obvious, okay, this is clear. You can see what his role is going to be, and uh-huh. so far it has worked it out exactly work like exactly. that. Yeah. And then Chris Cooper and Dee Delaney. Chris Cooper, the safety we were just talking about, and mm-hmm. Dee Delaney, the corner who beat out Antonio Hamilton and Wilcox and Herb Miller. Antonio, Chris Cooper and Dee Delaney um, were kind of surprise uh, outcomes from training camp. You wouldn't have picked them probably at the beginning of camp to be on the team. So, those, you know, they could have, like Herb Miller could have made it instead of Dee Delaney, and Javon Hagen could have made it instead of Chris Cooper, and then we'd only have one. <laughs> that would have been incredible. There's yeah. always more turnover than I, that, it's, but it, it's just another compliment to Jason. And Knight. where and where I got that, I read your story about. And, I kind of figured. And well, I like to I like to read what you're writing. Um, and it was every now and then I'll go, oh, that is okay. You know, yeah, and um, which is that 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 when I actually. Not that I didn't trust what you said, but I actually went back and looked at the <laughs> roster. I, I did, did it twice. I did. I really did. I was like, that can't be right. When I got that number, I'm like, no. I got so ex- I went and double checked. I have to. I have to be honest here. Okay. I got really excited. I said that can't be right. I'm getting Scott on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but you just, were right. That was, I was good. Right. 
Well, um, you, I will say this. You check and double check and triple check before you do something. Well, I, I hope I do most of the time. Yeah. I, I've definitely made mistakes. That's sure. for sure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, we got uh, the the cuts this year. There's there's never final cuts. Hey, I got one for you before you. Okay. You, it just made me, you know, Mac Jones being a rookie. <laughs> and And we're going to play him. And we always seem to make rookies seem like Tom Brady. It's an, it's an outdated storyline, Jeff. Is it? Yes. We The last time we lost to a, a rookie? rookie quarterback was Daniel Jones of the Giants, and we've beaten four or five of them since. Really? Yes, like Justin Herbert last year. Um, well, I can't, I, I can't I, call them all. I feel better. Yeah, that that's kind of like, remember how everybody always said we couldn't win in the cold weather? Sure. And then we just started winning in the cold weather. Well, yeah, but I can remember people were saying we couldn't win with temperatures above 82 degrees either. So. <laughs> or we couldn't win on the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. The problem with all those sure. jokes back then is we couldn't win hardly at all. Yeah, we didn't. The win. Buccaneers were, <laughs> you know, they're winning two, three, four games a year. Uh, all your notes are going to be bad. Sure, sure. But we From bro- someone who used to have to write those yeah. notes. <laughs> we broke that um, under that 32 trend? degrees okay. thing in the Philadelphia yeah. game with Rondé Barber. Sure. But we really don't play a lot of games. In cold weather. We hardly ever get to. And thank so it's goodness. <laughs> so, well, like last year, okay, um, or was it two years ago? We couldn't win at home. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No. That there's no reason for that. No, no, no. And, and, you know, that wasn't really a problem last year. All right. I digressed there. I don't. I like digressions. Digressions are good. Okay. The, the roster cuts were on Tuesday, and it, they're commonly referred to as final cuts mm-hmm. because it gets you down to the yeah. final limit of 53, but they're never final. Final cuts until we make another change. Yeah, which will – that's kind of what we're going to talk – the stuff we're going to talk to Rob McCartney about here in a minute, mm-hmm. our director of pro scouting who's our – Do you know what an etch-a-sketch is? I know what an etch-a-sketch etch-a-sketch, is. Etch-a-sketch, yeah. What know. did you just call it? What an etro-sketch? Et- 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 yeah, etch-a-sketch. That was a real foo on yeah. your part. Okay, you know one of those things? That's what they put the final line on. <laughs> Do you know that the year before I got here, I got here in 1992, and I joined the PR staff, which was headed by Rick Odioso? Sure. That before that, I think it was the year before, maybe two years before, Rick was still producing the roster on a typewriter. Now, do you see what that means? I, when I started doing Buccaneers radio, all the liner cards that you have to read was typed on a typewriter, <laughs> and it had autocorrect, which was my friend. Okay, but do you understand why producing the roster on a typewriter is a, is ah? A because you make one change and you got to retype everything. It, yeah, unless you sign, unless your your last player is named Waters and you sign a guy named uh, Yonkers. Yeah, you can add to it. You yeah. can add them all <laughs> on the bottom, but if he's somewhere in the middle, you got to retype the whole roster. Yeah, yeah. you hated that H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, A would be the worst. Well, that's true. Yeah. So um, why did I start talking about that? Uh, because I made a comment about uh, permanent lineups and how they're oh, yeah. uh, they're not permanent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the etch the etch sketch Etch-a-sketch. Etch-a-sketch. Um, yeah. So okay. we've always called those final cuts. And the, well, that's a misnomer that Rob McCartney can talk to us more about here in a minute. But it's even more because you get all the waiver wire comes in and there's hundreds of names on it. And, yep. they're, and they're always looking for, hey, we know this guy. If this guy gets cut, we think he's a better fifth, I don't know, outside linebacker than our fifth outside linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. And then you make a change. Um, probably not going to be a lot of that this year because our roster is so loaded. Sure. But there is another factor this year, and, and it really changed what the Buccaneers, how the Buccaneers handled things on Tuesday. And that is that there were four players on the reserve COVID-19 list. Indomitian Sue, 
Nick Leverett, Earl Watford, and Ryan Suckup. <clears throat> At least three of those. Watford, I'm not sure about. He was kind of a late addition. Sure. You got a lot of offensive line depth as it is. But the other three guys, certainly you think they're they're going to come back on the, onto the active roster if Nick Leverett makes it. It seemed like mm-hmm. he was trending in that sure. way. But those are guys that you would have had to keep on the cut to 53. So if you're 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, don't buy anything? Well, a little tight. bit, a little bit, but some of it's like procedural work. Like as an example, last year we had brought in A.Q. Shipley to be our veteran reserve center. Mm-hmm. Coach liked him, wanted a vet. We get to the cuts to 53, and they cut Shipley. The reason they cut Shipley, though, is because they had another offensive lineman <clears throat> that they wanted to put on short-term IR. That's the IR where you can come back, and nowadays you can come back from it as – as in as few as missing three weeks. Mm-hmm. But if you are put on IR before the cut to 53, you're out for the season. If they keep you onto the 53, then put you on IR, you can come back. Sure. So they cut AQ Shipley because they didn't think, they probably had an agreement with him, hey, just wait a day, we'll sign you right back. They keep another offensive lineman instead, get to 53, then put that guy on IR, then re-sign AQ Shipley. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's a common thing. It was easier this year because you have four extra spots, or three maybe, that you're not using on like Indomic and Sue. You will be eventually, but by then maybe you will place... There were a couple guys, and I don't know. I don't have any inside information here, and I don't know if there will be roster moves before this comes out tomorrow. But like Cam Gill hadn't practiced with an injury for several weeks. John Molshan's been out for a while with a little bit of an injury. If those guys are hurt enough to be out for at least three weeks, maybe we're going to put them on IR, and then that opens spots to bring back like Indomic and Sue. Right. Or um, if you're going to bring Ryan Suckup back to be your kicker, which I think we probably will, then you can hold on to Jose Borregales through the roster cuts and the claims. Uh-huh. And hopefully, if there was any team that was eyeing him, they've gone in another direction by then. And if you do end up bringing Suckup back and waving Borregales, you might have an easier time getting him on your practice squad. Yeah. So there were a lot more. It was kind of a little loophole that every team. I mean, there were probably sure. other teams yeah. that got were in the same position. It, it was a loophole <laughs> that no one planned on, but they are. Yeah. They they see it. They're taking advantage of it. it just, just the good thing is those four guys only had to miss a preseason game yeah. in which they sure. most couple of them probably wouldn't have played much anyway. Right. And instead, fortunately, that's when it happened. But it also brings up this specter that I'm thinking this year is going to be more complicated than last year mm-hmm. because um, vaccinated. People, <coughs> including our players, sure. As I know personally, uh-huh. can get the the, the Delta variants. variant. Yeah, and um, and they may not have any symptoms, but if you are testing positive, you're out for ten days. Yeah. Now, if you're the the good thing for the vaccinated players is if they are deemed to be been in close contact with the person who tests positive, they're not automatically out ten days. If they can test positive, I think I mean negative, I think the next two days they're yeah. they're right back in. All, all I know is test day is you 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 know when things are going well because on test day you can hear in the office yes like a giant collective sigh of relief sigh of relief there's yeah. nobody on your it list it is very nerve-wracking it is very nerve-wracking and and you know we wear masks and we do everything we're supposed to do but it's just like you you said you you know you don't know you're at home your kids whatever it you just don't know yeah. and it's not your you know normally well, i would say it's not anyone's fault uh, if you're doing all the precautions and it happens to you. Well, I, I mean, my my sure. personal example fits in exactly what you're saying there. My son was completely vaccinated back in the spring, 
And he was very careful. Like, he was the only kid on his high school baseball team wearing his mask all throughout the yeah. season. He was he really, really careful. Yeah. And yet, it somehow he got it. Yeah. yeah. And then he comes home, and before we realize he's positive, he's probably – we right. both got it. My wife and I both got it. Yeah. So, it, you know, yeah. it can happen. And, and it, uh, hopefully – and and it's a big part of our Super Bowl story that coach and players bring up all the time that coach told them before the season the team that beats COVID has a chance yeah, to, to win. win. To win yeah. this whole and thing, and I think I think that's back. And they felt yes, they felt like they did a great job. There was a few cases towards the end of the season, sure. but they felt like they did a great job of beating COVID. <clears throat> well, that's an issue again. I'm sure that's a central message from Bruce again. Yeah, and and I mean, we went on the road. Yeah, we went on the road, that's, and coach put in more restricted policies than the the league even had. We went uh, happy to say we both were on the road and. Um, it's a little different traveling. I flew commercial, which I'm not complaining about at all. It was. It felt really good to do an away game. Yeah. It, no, it did. Yeah. And it felt good. And I thought to myself, yeah, no matter what what I have to do to do this, this is how I want to do it. You it ju- to. I just felt so involved, just so. Yeah, I said it last year, Jeff. I thought you and your crew did a great job Thanks. of doing the away game broadcast from the control booth at Raymond James Stadium. You did the best you could possibly do with a tough situation, but I can understand it's just better to be there. Oh yeah, it's it's light years. It really and I I didn't you know it, I didn't think about it until we were there. I mean, there's hoops and it's different and but um, you know, wore mask, did everything I was supposed to do, and you know, we'll see next week. Let's see how many days out. I don't even know when I have to test again. Well, from when this is going up. The next game is yeah. seven days out. Crazy, isn't it? I don't it? have to test again until, like, October I know, or something. Don't get me started about that. Don't even <laughs> okay, I won't get you started. Okay, just, just let's get Robin here. All right, you want to go straight to the Robin interview yeah, now? Yeah, you, do, you don't have anything else on the docket? Uh, you no. don't have any uh, incredibly surprising things that didn't surprise you? That no, you no, no, no. It's not surprising me that you can't hit the cough button. Nope. I don't think I've struggled with that today. Oh, just wait till you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's end it there before you start insulting me even more. And we'll get Robin here. And then stick around also for the third segment where we will answer your questions. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm still Scott Smith. And I am still Jeff Ryan. But now we have a third person in the room with us here in our fancy uh, Salty Dogs studio. And Uh that is the Buccaneers Director of Pro Scouting, Rob McCartney. Rob, thanks for your time. You got it, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I haven't seen Rob in like two years, and then the last few weeks, I see him no matter where I am. We, <laughs> and he even commented on it. He's a scout. He goes, I haven't seen you forever. And I and I wasn't sure whether he was happy to see me Probably or not. just, you know, just saying whatever. We live in the same neighborhood, so. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So there you go. You guys, yeah, you, you guys are too fancy for me. Well, we're, we're in a magazine. <laughs> well, we I, are, I was trying to hide that, James. Scary, we are. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I know communities like yeah, that. Great. My community doesn't have one of those, and I'm glad. Uh, Rob, okay. um, you are the director of pro scouting, and one of the fun things about we, – we often have players, but sometimes we get somebody in from the staff, and sure. we really like those episodes because it's, a, it's kind of a look at the part of the game and the operation that fans don't ever get to see. So before we get into other stuff, what's going on with the team and so on, can you just tell us what a director of pro scouting in the NFL does? Yeah, I think since we're right around time for cuts, um, <laughs> that's really a – prime example of what we do so really our responsibility as a pro scouting staff um, is to have some kind of feel on every player throughout the league whether they can help us whether they're not good enough um, and then take into account 
character, medical, all that stuff. So um, when someone comes available, we have to know our own team. So going to, going to our practices, our games, evaluating our tapes, speaking with our coaches, um, and being able to make a decision if players that get released or if we're looking for someone to trade for, just kind of a, a knowledge of every team throughout the league um, and most of their players. Um, and that's the biggest thing. And okay. then throughout the season, we're responsible for all of our advance reports, too. So getting ready for Dallas, we actually just presented to our coaches this morning on the Cowboys. We've had one of our scouts, uh, Shane Scannell, at each of the Cowboys' first four preseason games since they were in the Hall of Fame game. So he got to present all of his hard work today to our coaches, help them kind of lay the foundation for their uh, game plan. That first part that you were talking about in, in terms of knowing all the players, that manifests, manifests itself, I believe, in some kind of big board for you, right? Like, uh, with the positions. Yep. So you, if you, like in training camp, all sure. of a sudden we had a bunch of offensive linemen go down, and within a week you signed like four different t- or three different tackles because yep. you're ready. You have to be ready at all times, right? Yes, that's why it's called the ready list. Oh, it's called the ready some, list. Some teams call it the ready list, the short list, emergency list. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone knows about the draft board, um, going back to that, but we have a free agency board. We have a, um emergency list board, which is what we're talking about here. So anytime we have an injury during training camp, um, if it's to a younger player um, that could be a practice squad guy, we'll get with Jason. We'll say, all right, the coaches want to bring in a younger body, see if we can develop someone. We'll go to that list. If it's um, an injury to a veteran, then we may want to bring in a veteran player t- to replace him. So we'll have a list for vets, a list for practice squad guys. So throughout the whole season, that's always the case. And now as we get to the regular season, we have different avenues to bring in players. So if there's an injury, um, it could be a trade. It could be poaching someone off another team's practice squad, or it could be signing a veteran or signing a young guy to the active roster or to the practice squad. So there's all kinds of avenues. So knowing the guys on the teams, but also when they get released, we do rank them all on the emergency list or ready list. Just to it, is it different scouting college players compared to pro players? Because you're, you know when people hear scouts, you say, well, if a guy's a pro, he's a pro, so everyone already knows what he can do. What, what are the differences? Yeah, there's definitely more of a projection when you're doing the college stuff, but there is still some projection um, involved when you're doing the pro scouting because there's different schemes these guys can play in. So um, looking at what they're asked to do, whether it's a DB, um, you know, that could maybe be your nickel, and different teams use different kinds of nickels, or receivers, obviously, we covet speed at receiver here, so maybe there's a fast receiver on a different team that's not asking him to run vertical routes as much as we would. So he may be better fit for our scheme. So we actually do something called a change of scenery list too yeah. that'll kind of look uh. at stuff like that. So after the season, when there's coaching changes, GM changes, or any kind of regime change, we'll go out and kind of try to earmark some guys that we think may be better players for us. But the skill sets, like their skills, aren't really going to change too much as opposed to the projection you're basing it off of on the college stuff, which is a little bit more difficult, and there's a little bit more that goes into that. Um, but there is still some room for guys to get better, get worse. You, you mentioned, a minute ago you mentioned trades as one of the ways to get guys. I don't know how much detail you can tell us, so I'll just yeah. ask, and you, you give me whatever you can give me. Last year, Vita Vea got hurt, and really quickly after that, the Bucks and whoever was involved managed to get the trade in place for Steve McClendon from the Jets. So can you tell us anything about that process in that particular one? Yeah, just the way that it worked was similar to what we just talked about. So we lose a nose tackle and we go through all of our lists. There was actually a a, a veteran nose tackle on the emergency list. There was actually several of them that we reached out to just to kind of take the temperature of to see if they'd be interested in coming, whether they were retired or whether they were just not actively working out, just to kind of see what was going on. So we had some options there, Um, looked around other teams' practice squads, 
and then you start to canvas other teams for trades. And obviously, Steve McClendon is a little bit of a different example because there's a familiarity with B.A. Mm-hmm. being in Pittsburgh and then him being with the Jets with Casey and Todd and all those yeah. guys too. So um, that's one that kind of all lines up, and it's pretty simple to see how that one happened. But, but, but there's a lot more that goes into it to kind of determine if he's the best fit. Right? But how did you know he was available for trade? Yeah. That's when you'll start calling around, um, and around the trade deadline, okay. obviously, deadlines kind of... Starts tipping yeah. a hand to someone who's trying to do yeah. something and said, hey, we might be interested. Exactly. Okay. Because, exactly. uh, you know, I mean, you just don't all of a sudden call somebody up and say, well, you want to trade for that guy, or do you? No, not, we're not too active in doing that. Um, it, it is hard to trade. It's hard to trade, con- hard to trade, hard to trade contracts here. Like, it's not like other sports where you got all this, all this cash and cap room laying around, so... Um, that makes it a little more difficult to trade salaries and all that. So, yeah, if there's someone you really like, I mean, and then if, if you make the call, then obviously you have a desire to get that player, so they're going to up their yeah, asking yeah, price, yeah. whereas if you wait for them to call, so, uh, you know. Okay. Mm, chess, chess. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So, Rob McCartney, you're the director of pro scouting, but you haven't been there in that job your entire time here. So what other titles have you had to get to where you are now? Yeah, so I've been here almost as long as you guys. I got here in 2011. was my first <laughs> oh, year Oh, yeah, here. almost. 2011. <laughs> yeah, you're almost there. Hey, that's a long time over that's, there. That's my first decade. <laughs> um, yeah, so my first year I was our pro personnel assistant. Okay. Um, Sheldon Quarles was our pro director, so I, I worked with him on doing all the advances. Uh, the next year I got a promotion, I think, to pro scout, so I had the same role, just got a little bit of a yeah. bump in title. Mm. Uh, when Jason got here, he moved me over to the college side. As our national scout, so okay. I did everything east of the Mississippi, all the top, top you know schools, the top 25, 30, 30 schools, and then cross-checked the West Coast yeah. um, on tape. And then next year, moved to pro scouting coordinator, and then got the director title. And then I think I've been doing that since twenty sixteen. I think was my first year doing that. So, um. is it fun? Oh, it's the best. Is it? That's the best. Is it? Do you? Uh, have you enjoyed the – it sounds like you did a lot more pro sure. in just a little college. Yeah. Do you yeah. like the pro more than the college? That's always the question. When I grew up, I've known what I wanted to do since I was probably seven or eight years old. And I always, really? Oh, how, yeah. How do you – how at seven years old go, I want to be a scout? <laughs> so my, I don't know if you guys know, my dad's been the video director for the in Steelers since okay. 1972. And, you know, I knew I didn't want to do that, and i go to training camp. That was always the biggest thing in my summer was going to training camp. And when I think it was probably – I was probably 1999. I was probably 12 years old, and I started sitting in scouting meetings with the Steelers dur- during training camp. Oh, no, right. No idea what they were telling me. Yeah, right. But I'd sit there, listen, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So <laughs> luckily, him as the video guy, I would be able to watch. Like, he would bring home VHS tapes of games. Like, hey, Dad, can, I, can I watch Pitt, West Virginia? Yes. <laughs> and he'd put it on a VHS oh. tape, and I'd sit in the basement, and I would I, and, and I, I would I would start to write reports. So, How was your fantasy teams? You know, I... I was having this conversation with uh, one of our guys the other day. <laughs> I just like so many like specific <laughs> players, even like the best ones that I know are going to be good fans players. I'm like, oh, I really like this guy. Like, you know, that's my kind of guy. So, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Long and short of it is. All right, yeah. well, we don't want to keep you here forever. So let's get to more um, news that's going on right now. Well, before he does, your dad, your dad's really killing you on the Super Bowl rings. Oh, then. I know. What it's do you mean? Uh, well, his dad's been with the Steelers since '72, yeah. so, so he's got a few of them. He's got a couple. Oh, right? you mean he's ahead of? Yeah, yeah. But but but, <coughs> what did your dad say when he saw your Super Bowl? Well, ring? I went to the Hall of Fame game to make a point <laughs> to show him. <laughs> he was like, oh, he goes, you got me on that one. You got me on that it one. It might be worth more than all these put together. Yeah, yeah, me and Tom Moore always talk about that because um, he was with my dad with the Steelers for a while, and he always jokes about our ring versus their ring. So 
Yeah, he's got six, though, so getting one didn't really, like, impress anyone in my family, unfortunately. So I was like, my wife's side is like, oh, that's oh, the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, I got one. Like, I got yeah. five more to go, buddy. Yeah. All right. Cool. So just a couple of days ago, this is going up on Thursday, so it was Tuesday when the roster cuts were made. And everybody always says that's a really hard time for coaches. How is it for you guys? Um, and, and who up there, Bruce Arians said the other day that when guys are cut, unless it's like a, a longtime veteran, he's not really talking to them as they go. It's somebody yeah. from your department. Yep. So how does that process go? Um, and how bad is it? Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's not fun. Definitely standing on the sideline of the, of the Houston game, the last preseason game, and just being like, this is the last time that all these guys are going to be here. Um, seeing guys go other teams, other places. But we actually talked the other day about seeing, um, I think it was Cameron Lynch graduated from USF yeah. master's degree and seeing him at the, at the stadium on the, on the jumbo truck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like guys that we brought here. I mean, not knowing what their futures were going to hold. And obviously they weren't, you know, long time NFL players, but just to see how well he's doing, just to see stuff transpire like that, that you don't think about when you're making these calls off the emergency list to bring this guy in for a workout and how you've, how you maybe had a hand in, you know, sure. altering his uh, life. Well, let's go to the flip side of this, though. Let, I'll say I'll throw out a name at you. After the draft, I guess there was a, the idea that the that we need a little more, bit more cornerback depth. So we signed Antonio Hamilton and Nate Brooks and Dee Delaney. Mm-hmm. And now when it's all said and done, Dee Delaney does a great job in the preseason yep. and wins a spot. Now, is that a guy I assume that you found at some point? Yeah, so we and had, it's good to see this happen for him, yep. right? Uh, our college scouts lay the foundation for okay. a, a lot of that. So he was a pretty good player at the Citadel and then was a grad transfer to the University of Miami. So we had good grades on him there. And we had preseason reports. I think he actually picked us off when he was with the Jaguars <laughs> in the preseason. <laughs> I don't remember that. So he's got a habit <laughs> of doing that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he was a guy that we liked coming out. We had pretty good preseason grades on just for whatever reason. had hadn't gotten the right opportunities to, to stick somewhere. So, yeah, but that was a call. We were sitting there. We needed a corner. And I think Spytek and I were eating lunch one day, and, we, you know, we're like, oh, we, oh, we need a corner. So we go down the list, and there's D. Delaney. So All right. And I was yeah, on the 53-man roster. So I, I'll, I'll say this on cuts. It, it's been a while since I've been around when they've been doing the cuts. And the other day, walking down the hallway and your staff uh, standing outside a coach's door, the yeah. coach's door is closed, and that – staff members sitting there with some papers in their hand and they're just kind of got their head down waiting and you and you you know that they know that this guy's getting cut mm-hmm. and it is kind of you know you, your career is yep. could be ending yep. and that's yeah we've all seen it on hard knocks it's yeah <clears throat> yeah but to, to actually be walking down the hall and you're not seeing one but you're walking down the halls and you turn a corner and there's three yeah. there's all these people or you look out a window and you see a guy leaving with his with his stuff all right one more thing before we let you go robin we really appreciate all your insight um last year and and also again this year to some degree the everything was affected by the pandemic uh, including like how quickly you could get guys in here. So mm-hmm. how much harder has your job and the job of the guys in your part department been these last two seasons? Yeah, I think um, knowing all the rules, which they're changing seemingly every yeah. day, yeah. has been a big part of it, especially when we're talking to the coaches about who we could be seeing on Sunday or, or this coming yeah. Thursday, like who's going to be up for the Cowboys. Yeah. Knowing all those rules, knowing all the COVID policies and all that. Um, but, yeah, last year when they first came out trying to get guys – to Tampa, getting them tested, knowing all the timelines, knowing the rules for the workout, and then what time they could actually enter the building. So that that made it a lot a lot more difficult. And then not having any preseason last year um, was good and bad, but we didn't have any reports on any of the guys that oh, are yeah. looking to sign yeah. to the practice squad or yeah. a lot of the guys on our team now. This was 
it may be year two, but it was their first time going through the preseason, the guys that were on the practice squads last year. So um, just a whole different perspective on that. And, um, well, at least they expanded the practice squad to 16 yeah. players, so you, you didn't have to do as much movement in and out of the building, right? I was just going to say that with the cuts, too, like it's nice to have that 16-man yeah. practice squad because a lot of times you're letting go of two, three, four, five guys. They're like, yeah, we like to keep around, and yeah. now it's like there's really no reason not to. Do you, you know, we have the ability to keep all those guys, so do you it's think, nice to keep do you up th- with them. You, th- you think they'll ever go back to it? You think they'll keep that 16-man? I don't think. Man? It's just created too many more jobs and opportunities, yeah. so there's really no reason to take that well, away. And, and it actually has helped teams. It was yeah, already yeah, going to expand to 12 last year and 14 ne- this year so or next yeah. year, so it was already going up anyway. Yeah, I think they've, you know, <laughs> they added the vets. You can have six vets on the practice yeah. squad now, so that kind of extends their their uh, careers a few more years. And so. the practice squad elevation rule makes yep. that, that unit even more important. Yep. yep. So right. R- Ross Cockrell was a great example yeah. of that yeah. last year. So hopefully we can find another one of those guys here in the next few days, and wow. we'll see. You're that, the un- that's up to you. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, uh, no pressure. You're the unsung <laughs> hero. It's, it's, you get the phone call, and they just say, I need someone, and – it, wor- it works a little like that, yeah. Uh, I think you can kind of see it coming during practice. If someone gets hurt or someone rolls an ankle, you kind of always know oh, who yeah. the next guy is on your list. But, yeah, and then you run inside and you go through your list and you start making your calls. Yeah. All right, got to ask one more. Sure, no. So this morning would have been when the biggest waiver wire of the entire season comes out, the entire year. So did you spend like a couple hours just going? There had to be hundreds just yeah. going through that whole list. I think someone said there's like 600 names on it. So you had to read 600 names and feel how you felt so about it. So we have, so our, we broke, broke it up between our pro scouts and our scouting assistants. So we had like six or seven people watching okay. all 32 teams. Uh-huh. Watched like 15, 20 guys per team. We thought were bubble guys, so like late round picks. Oh, sure, sure. Freedons that got a lot of signing bonus money or guaranteed money. So we had, like, most of those guys ready to go, and then we'll know the other players from last year where we'll have their college reports, and we can just brush up brush up on them. But the waivers came out last night, I think, at 7. So oh, we they here. came out last night. Okay. Yeah, so we were here for two hours after that to okay. make sure everything was all set because, you know, we ended up losing the corner today. Yeah. Chris Wilcox got claimed by the Colts, so we had to have that list ready to go to find the next best corner. So. It's just, all, it's just constantly, constantly It's a never-ending process. Yeah. Yeah. That, is, that is for sure. Yeah, you think the team is set, and it's not. Oh, you, yeah. and, you know, and so that's when it, the scouting department becomes a big deal. There's no such thing as a final roster. No, sure. It's a living yeah. organism. Yeah. Well, look at you. Well, thank you, Rob. We appreciate your time. I know yes. you, get, you got a chance to get out of here a little early today, yeah. so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, appreciate all your insight here on the Salty Dogs. And and thank you for the candy. That's the first time Yeah, he brought ever, candy. Yeah, he brought us candy. So I guess he wanted us to be Courtesy extra nice Sheldon to him. And it worked. Were. What's Sheldon. that? Courtesy of Sheldon Quarles Candy Drawer. Oh, okay. uh, all right. But still, yeah, yeah, nice. You were the courier. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. All right. Thanks, Rob. All right, guys. The Salty Dogs. Okay, we're back here for our third final segment of this Salty Dogs podcast. Yeah. Just had a nice time talking to Rob. Great guy. We got off of it. We yeah. ended it because I told him, as I tell all the guests, hey, it's only going to be 10 minutes. He sure. said, how long is it? Yeah. If I did, I probably should have just told him it had been a half an hour because I'm sure he would have done it. Yeah, he was great. Because we could have talked to him for an hour. Yeah, and, and that's that's the type of thing, too, is when you get the front office people in, they're always great guys, but you don't know how guarded they might be yeah. or what they're going to end, and he was great. And yeah, I would so have we'll liked, have him back again. I would have liked to. He had his, uh, we noted after we got off that he had a depth chart with him there. Yeah. And um, and he's like, yeah, well, I, I didn't know if you are going to ask me about Patrick O'Connor or this guy or that guy. And I'm like, well, I should have. Yeah. I should have talked to you beforehand. And but, you know, some of it, some of that, though, is um, 
you know, when you bring someone on like that, you, you, the X's and O's of, of that, I think it's more like when you hear pro scouting, you know, what is that job? What's the difference between that and college scouting? And we we, we touch base yeah. about. No, I wanted to do yeah, that. Yeah, position, you know, uh, you know, most people didn't know that, you know, that's a real job. I mean, he's making a, a major living out of it. I just it, can't know? believe he's. That, <laughs> I mean, that's, it was the best part. That or seven years. Seven yeah. was when he realized, and 12 was when he was in seeing me and said, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I've always felt like. A lot of ha- happy people in in their work are those who realize pretty early what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and this worked out for me, yeah. but Jeff, I, I was a senior in, at Northwestern. I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I just kind of fell into this with you an know, internship. It, this is a true story. Um, I was like six years old, and for Christmas, I wanted a radio. And the reason why I wanted a radio is because I wanted to be on the radio. <laughs> so see, you're another and, good example. No, and it's and I still remember. Uh, my parents shocked the first time they heard me on the radio that I actually did this. Right. That I, like, it didn't matter what was going on. I, I just knew that's what I was going to do. Well, that's, see, then you're a perfect example. And you loved your career, yes. right? Yes, yes. Uh, did you, at the age of six, as compared to other six-year-olds, have a, a radio voice like you do now? No, it hadn't changed yet. But, I mean, I said as compared to your peers. Yeah, no. And it, could it, you have... No, was your did, voice better than theirs? No, it didn't change. When I when I was 12 and my voice changed, then it was... Did it go straight to this? Yeah. Have you sounded it, like this since you were 12 years yeah, old? Yeah, it went, it, went, <laughs> it went like from, hey, can I have something to eat, to... Yeah, last week... And then my father would always make fun of me <laughs> because, well, because it would sometimes, you know how you get the squeaky voice? Yeah, sure. I would... Puberty. I would be... The Brady Bunch. Yeah. I, I, it'd be wasn't low it, and then I'd say... Wasn't it Bobby Brady yeah, who... Yeah, it would be like, please, but, you know, so... Yeah. Didn't, didn't Bobby I, Brady go through that uh, on one episode? And yeah, someone. They were trying to be a singing group. Sure. And, well, yeah. that's that kills a lot of careers. <laughs> no, they they worked it into the song. Oh, I mean, okay. where, there's a time for change. <laughs> you don't remember the Brady Bunch? <laughs> um, no. I don't either. I do remember I'm not the Brady. Old. I do remember the Brady Bunch. You don't remember yes, that? But episode. I don't remember that. You probably remember episode. the episode of of, of um, Marsha getting hit in the nose with Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan saying that. Yes. Okay. It's always Marsha, Marsha, yeah, Marsha. Uh, this is good content that we're giving the fans yeah. right now, this Brady Bunch I'm stuff. Okay. No, it's, it's my fault. All right. What do we have? What so kind we have of questions? questions we have? Yes. Okay. This is from um, Rich, a U.K. Buck fan from oh. Manchester. Oh. I wonder if he's also a Manchester United fan. Uh, they brought they Ronald, Ronaldo back. They did. I believe they did, or they are trying to. I think they did. Big news in the soccer world, but I'm not much of a soccer fan. I, I'm not against soccer. I've just never really been into didn't it. Didn't they? Didn't, wasn't he like? Didn't he get him traded for like eighty million dollars or something a long really time ago? Have, I don't know. Some kind of craziness. All right. So this is from that guy, and he says, "Raise the authentic red flags, salty ones." With the fifty-three man roster looming, I'm intrigued to know which positions. You and of course, sure. That's when he wrote this question. They've already loomed since then. Mm-hmm. Which positions you'd both like to play if you were trying to make the team? Since we have a loaded squad, you don't have to worry about filling positions of need and can just put yourself at the top of the depth chart anywhere you like. You never know if injuries occur. Jason Light might be calling in a favor from you both. Favor with a U in it. That's mm-hmm. how you know this is somebody from the U.K. Well, because of my size, I would say a running back. That's that's what I'd be. What's, what about your size makes you a running back? Well, because I'd be like a Warwick Dunn, you know, that kind of. You're speech. taller than Warwick Dunn. Not by much. Really? Yeah, not, yeah. That, I think I mean, you're a few inches taller than Well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm taller than Morgan. Yeah. Well, what would you be? Well, I, I, it's not based on 
I was just thinking physical attributes. I well, wasn't like, is this like if I was a fantasy person thinking what I could be? Well, I'm, I'm thinking the, the question kind of, it bakes in there that you're going to be, I mean, I, no matter what I did my entire life, could never have been an NFL player. No. I could have worked at it my whole life and never been an NFL sure. player. Right? So that's not realistic. So right. this isn't a realistic question. Okay. We right. get to be better than We're we ever better than we ever are. And I'm going to, my answer is cornerback. Corner, yeah. like Rondé Barber. Sure. I, I like that. So before I say this, I want to make it clear, I could never be an NFL player, and I know that flag football is not anything like NFL football. <laughs> I'm not trying to compare myself playing flag football to a professional football player. I'm not trying to do that but, in any way. But you're a stellar flag football player. I, well, I'm not going to brag. I thought it was pretty good, but that was my favorite position, cornerback. I mean, to me, getting an interception especially when you run back for a touchdown, is absolutely the most fun thing I could possibly do in a football game. I like it. I like it. I, which also leads me to the question, if you could, and, and maybe you'd get paid a decent amount for it, if you could return one kickoff in an NFL game, would you do it? I wouldn't do it now. Oh, if I was in my 20s or something? Yeah. Or, and, and they said, okay, you yeah, get one shot You get shot to run at. one. Uh, not a punt because they're too dang hard yeah. to field. But I think I could field a kickoff that's coming down kind of end over end. Yeah. And there's not a guy right in your face generally when not you catch yet. the ball. Yeah, um, I probably. But need, I don't know if you'd get. Up. I mean, if you're not in shape, you'd never get up. I'm well. I'm just saying, in your in your twenties, you're in reasonable shape. Yeah, but you're not in. You're not. I, Would you though? Yeah, probably because you never have another shot. It'd be at fun, it. yeah. but I also think that I would get injured and fumble. Well, yeah, well, you probably get <laughs> like you know you'd be you'd be snoring on the field because you're knocked out. That's, yes, that's what happens. Yes, and uh, but I still think I would I would say yes yeah. to that. You don't, you know, the one thing that I uh, you don't realize, and sometimes these guys don't realize how strong they are. I I remember um, Sean King coming by me and and he said hello and as he said hello he hit me in the chest he went like like that <laughs> and I, I i couldn't catch my breath <laughs> and and he didn't do it it no, was it, wasn't it was just right? it was hey jeff you know so it, it it's the strength and and all of that but yeah i i, I i'm a gamer i would i would go for that i, I would too i would do but that. i would want to if i could be a good enough player to play in the nfl yeah. I would want to be a cornerback. I so think, take I, the question from that point. Sure, of sure. I think I'd like to be a linebacker because I, I, I you know, I like to um, uh, back lines. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the fact of of uh, being able to take someone down. Okay, I, I like you like that. the tackling. Yeah, I like that too. It'd be and more fun to be an show my will. Should maybe show my will. Um, yeah. So I would not honestly, even if I was. Well, I mean, I suppose if I had the talent to be good enough, I probably would. But I don't have any desire to play quarterback. Yeah. You know, again, it's not the same thing. But the few times that I played quarterback in a flag situation or, you know, tackle with friends or whatever, I don't. I find it very nerve-wracking trying to process all that information that quickly. And I do think that there are – and it's hard to tell, and that's why that's why a lot of quarterbacks don't make it. Even first-round quarterbacks, you know, 50-50 mm-hmm. hit rate. Sure. Because I just think, and Tom Brady is one of them, and there are a lot of them, that some guys are just inherently better at seeing the field. They just yes. have a knack for seeing the field. So they're going to see the field and have an easier time of going through their progressions. Mm-hmm. I played with guys like that on that extremely low level that just 
were good. They processed the information really quickly. They saw the field really well, and they were good quarterbacks. I'd get back there, and if I'd look at my first guy, and if he wasn't there, then the whole thing broke down for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. I just uh, no. You, you're probably not even listening to me because you're looking at your phone now. Just no. rude. No, it's, it's just like all of a sudden it blew up, and I didn't know why. I wanted to check. All right. Um, next question. Do you think we covered that well enough? You'd, you want, did. you'd want to be a linebacker. I'd yep. want to be a corner. I don't want to play right. quarterback. Is there any position you just absolutely wouldn't want to play? Mm-hmm. So you didn't even hear the question. Yeah. Was there a position I wouldn't want to play? Um, I don't think I want to be the center. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. That would suck. Because the blocker, you got to snap it and then block. be ready to block right yeah. away. It's like you got a disadvantage on you right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be terrible. Sorry, Ryan Jensen. Your another another sucks. tough one is you know everyone everyone doesn't think much of it, but you're gonna t- s- what you're gonna say holder? No. Oh. Well, that that's tough too. But the long snapper. So yeah, same kind. He, you know, you not you only o- get famous if you mess up. Yeah. Not only are you not only are you you know got to get it, but you're getting creamed at the same. Well, time. Well, actually, they have rules to they have rules that you can't line up directly over him. Okay. They try to keep that from happening. Because, um, like, a center on I, offense I, I, a center on offense is generally has one hand on the ball and is, at least has his head up looking at what's coming. Yeah. The long snapper has both hands on the ball and is looking between his legs back at the guy. Sure. So it's a more dangerous position. Uh, yeah. Our, our, our center during the Houston game was having some problems. He kept hitting his butt before he got it, got it up. Did he? Yeah. Was that Hainsey? Yeah. Well, he's learning and the he, position. Yeah, he was learning the position. And, and he, you know, there was, you know, some – some exchange issues, yeah. and um, Gene made a comment about it, and Dave just goes, yeah, well, he's, he's learning a position. He's, yeah. he's hitting his butt on the way up. That's what's <laughs> happening. And, and I kind of, I was like, let me see that replay. He was <laughs> he right. He was. He was right. There's Dave Ford. There yeah. you go. It's funny. Well, you know those guys. I would not want to play center. No. Or long snapper or holder because that just seems like such a hard job. And, like, Bradley Pinion never messes it up, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, you hardly ever see the holder mess up. And you, when you do, it's like a big deal. Obviously, I just think it's hard. They got to catch it and put it down on the finger and then spin it away from the laces. Yep, crazy, crazy. All right, ahoy, salty one. This is from our friend in Brazil, Alexander Nassim. Yeah, oh, good. Um, it's not that I feel obligated to, because he's this, this really nice guy who, who listens to the podcast a lot, apparently. Sure. It's not like I feel obligated to read every question that he sends in, because mm-hmm. he's nice enough to send in a lot of questions, but he just sends in good questions. Yeah. So I'm going to read them. Well, and if you don't like it, then send in your own good questions. Yeah, now, this one, now I'm creating a straw man, right. because there's probably not anybody out there that's even complaining about it, and sure. I'm acting like I'm defending sure. it. Um, you, I bet you... I'd like to see if you can guess what the answer to this is because I went back and asked Mike and Jackie. Okay. Um, back there, Mike Greenberg and Jackie Davidson, um, because they were the ones who would know. I didn't know the answer. What happens? He says, "Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well." Mm-hmm. What happens if a team misses the roster cuts deadline? Has it ever happened? I guess you, Mr. Smith, is the right person to ask, and I also yeah. guess that you will ask Mr. Ryan if he knows it just to test him. Yeah. That is correct. Right. P.S. I'm imagining a person remembering he, she forgot to press send on that particular email, LOL. Mm-hmm. Since you did, thanks for reading. <coughs> yeah. I so, what do you think happens? <clears throat> or what? would happen? Well, uh, you probably get fined because you're over the cap. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure the second part of that is accurate, but that was a very good job on the first part. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you be? I mean, you have to reduce down because it's dollars at that point. Yeah, but too, I think right? you're getting fined simply for, for not having the deadline. Okay. Apparently, the answer is 
you would be fined, and if it's egregious enough, you could lose draft picks. Yeah, like anything. So, because I was thinking, they can't just pick, you know, if you had to cut 22 guys, they can't just pick, tw- which, how do they pick 22 guys? Do they pick the top 22 salary guys? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sure. prohibitively um, punitive to do something like that. But you could find them any number amount, depending on how egregious your mistake is. Did you did you hit send at 401, and that's not really that big of a deal? Or is it like two hours afterwards, and everybody else has turned in their cuts, and you're like... But here's the thing. It doesn't happen because the league is all over it, and whenever there's deadlines like this, if yours not in by 350, they're calling you or texting you. They're right. saying, hey, you need to get your, you need to get your, your stuff in. You need, you need to get in. 355. Yeah. Now... They don't call you apparently, or they wouldn't call you right afterwards. You are you're in violation then. But they would call you fairly soon. You would get fined or whatever, or whatever penalty, and they would also say you got to give us those moves right now. Now, yeah. So yeah, you don't just take the fine and wait two weeks before you send it. Yeah, because <laughs> that's a competitive advantage. Right. So it really wouldn't have been that much of a competitive advantage to hold on to your guys a little while longer in this case because. The, everybody sent up their cuts at four, mm-hmm. and then the league sent back the wire with all the moves to everybody at seven, as Rob McCartney was telling us. That's right. Um, so there was a you know if you didn't turn it in till four oh five, you would you'd get some kind of penalty and that would be bad and you shouldn't do that. Right. But it really wouldn't matter that much. You'd still be on the list by the time to send it back to everybody at seven o'clock. Sure. So, but no, they don't let that happen. They just they they needle you if you're running up to the deadline. <clears throat> get and it I also done. Think, I also think most guys that are in charge of that kind of thing get it done well before the deadline. Yeah, I, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be the guy that costs your team some yeah. big fine or a draft Yeah, pick. six figures and, yeah, and not a good – it's not good. doesn't look good on your resume. I've always been terrified. I've been here now for closing in on 30 years. Mm-hmm. I've always been terrified of doing something – That'll do you in? That would either make a player unavailable for a oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or well, cost yeah. the team some money because I did something wrong. <clears throat> there yeah. aren't a lot of opportunities for you and I to do that, but it's no, possible. But it is. It, it well, you know, you make a player late for a meeting. Yeah, then, then, then you're in trouble then you're with the re- team. Then you're really toast. I just like a couple times in the '90s um, and and 2000s. Um, I ran the staff softball team for a long time, mm-hmm. and a couple a couple times I had players that were on the roster that wanted to play, like um, Joey Lamar, Galloway. Lamar Thomas. The best one was <clears throat> most fun was Joey Galloway. Um, I think I've told that story again before, so I'm not going to tell it again. But right. um, I, I made him get Bruce Allen's permission, and so he surprisingly gave it to him. But what if I didn't ask Bruce Allen for permission, brought Joey Galloway out on my, my softball sure. team, and he pulls a hamstring and misses six weeks? And then he goes, well, I thought it was okay because Scott Smith works for the team. And How much trouble would I be in? You a lot, right? You wouldn't be in any trouble. I wouldn't be employed. You wouldn't be employed. I'd be in trouble in terms of my life yes. and my income you would, source. You would be scrambling. And I wouldn't have a beautiful Super Bowl 50 ring right now. Right. <clears throat> 55. Yeah, 55. 50 was the Denver game. Yeah. Wow, got you on something. Yeah. I'm picturing, well, when you're always writing it as numeral, Roman numerals, yeah. <laughs> you tend not to think of it in terms of the number. Yeah, Although okay. the Super Bowl 50, they actually didn't use Roman numerals. They used the 50 that time. Mm-hmm. But ours is Super Bowl LV, and before that, XXXVII. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I'm going with you. Thir- 37. Very good. 37, 18 years later, 55. All, All right, right, next one. Not really a question, actually. Right. Uh, and it comes from, do you remember last year, I think it was, when we got a question from somebody in Germany and the story was phenomenal? Yes. Like it was the email yeah. from here? Yes. This is that guy. Oh. Well, his welcome name, back. His name's Dylan. Dylan. With an e. e. 
Hello, salty dogs. No panic. I won't write an epic story this time. I mean, I wouldn't have minded. No. The last one was so good. Yeah. First, let me say that I'm glad that Scott and his family are well after they got infected with COVID-19. Well, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. And thank you both for supporting vaccination, masks, and all the other safety measures. You're welcome. We will always do that. Well, it's because we believe in it. We believe in I believe in science. Yeah. Crazy Not that you. complicated. I have, again, no question, but this time I have a request. But it's really, it's a topic that we can talk about, though. That's why I'm going to read it. Because I don't yeah. know if we'll do it or, or how soon. Could you please get bring Zach Trinner into your show? And you were just talking about the long snapper job. Uh-huh. I don't know if you were aware of the fact, and I was not because I don't play Madden, that he is the player with the worst overall Madden <laughs> ranking of the whole NFL. <laughs> That's <clears throat> not right. It's totally not right. That's not right. But I think he, I think he, know, I think he pinpoints why. He says for the second year in a row, he's the worst. He is listed as a tight end. Oh. And despite that fact, despite that the fact that his ranking made a big leap from 23 last year to 25 in Madden 22, he is still dead last. Oh. That's out of 100, right? Yeah, we got to get him on. We got to have that discussion. But are we going to bring him on for that reason? By the way, no. Zach, you're the lowest rated player in yeah. all that. <laughs> He's probably got a great sense of humor, and we'll bring him on because right. we we want to show a little bit all right, of love. Dylan, and we we'll will try him. to do that. And we'll we'll be like Rob. We'll give him candy. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to hear what he has to say about this. He also has a really interesting story to tell from being an undrafted free agent to becoming a Super Bowl champion. Cool. Yeah, a number of guys do. All right. Yeah, so greetings from Germany and stay healthy, and that's from Dylan. Thanks, I Dylan. I appreciate that. And, hey, dude, if you want to write another epic long story, I'm not going to complain. No, I like it, too. The last one was really I'm good. with you. I'm that's ready. all I got, Jeff. Well, it's good show. I just want to finish this so I can eat the candy that yeah, Rob Yeah, I know. We haven't touched it yet. I'm unwrapping it right now. All right. Well, well I will tell you that uh, Beef O'Brady's is our sponsor, and if you tuned to this podcast looking for classics, you found them. A couple of old salty dogs, <laughs> but Beef O'Brady's, they've got wings, nachos, Angus Burgers beer. Put them all together, and you get Beef O'Brady's. Hungry for tailgate greatness, which you will be because our game's in a week. Try Beef's. Go full on catering. They do full-on catering, so you can do your tailgate. Beefo Brady's, where game time meets tailgate time. You got anything else? Just that I don't think I've ever had a hamburger at Beefo Brady's. Angus. Just so many other no, good see. You I'm going to go get one now. I, okay, then you talk about it in the next podcast. Yes. Yep. Since you did. Thank you. Oh, wait. Are we going to do one next week before the game? I don't know. We'll have to think about that. Check. Either next week or the week after. Check your local listings. <laughs> Since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>